Welcome to Innovate at Open, the podcast that explores open source through the lenses of distributed collaboration, collective invention, and technology creation. I'm your host, Gordon Half, technology evangelist with Red Hat. Hi, everyone. This is Gordon Half, technology evangelist with Red Hat, and we are here for another edition of the Innovate at Open podcast. I'm here today with Brian Knaus, co-founder of Project Owl, which is open source, but it's open source that's focused on hardware and firmware for global emergency communication networks. The new news here is that as of March 10th, this project is being hosted by the Linux Foundation, and Brian is going to talk some more about why that's significant in a little bit. Why don't you give us a quick rundown on what Project Owl is? So Project Owl is a technology company focused on bringing communications to the people, places, and things that need it most. We were originally founded as a project during the 2018 IBM Call for Code. It's a global competition that asks developers to come up with solutions that can help communities prepare for, deal with, and recover from natural disasters. And we invented a hybrid hardware and software solution that makes it quick and easy to bring up a basic level of connectivity in a place that otherwise might not have it. Um, Since that competition, we were very, very lucky to be the global grand prize winners of over 100,000 developers from over 150 nations. And we've been working extremely hard on this organization, our technology, and the communities we want to support for just over a year now. Uh, And it's been a really, really incredible journey. As I mentioned in the intro, Project Al's IoT device firmware effort will be hosted by the Linux Foundation. Why is this noteworthy? Several reasons, and certainly I'm biased because I believe strongly in our technology and our solution. But I think there's a lot here that the rest of the technology community and society at large can uh, uh, be excited about. You know, over the last 30 years, open source has been a really interesting phenomena of technology. It's been um, something that occurs in a, uh, many different formats, something that is in some, sometimes proprietary, sometimes uh, almost religiously dogmatic about open source. But it's given rise to a lot of solutions that otherwise just could not exist around the world. And we felt as we were developing our technology through our relationships at IBM and and, uh, certainly as a result, the Linux Foundation, we really felt that there was a core component of our technology stack that was valuable not just to us to open source, but valuable to the rest of the world, developers and communities around the world that need this technology. And uh, we've been doing a lot of work with the U.S. government recently in a phrase I often hear that I believe is so very true, particularly with open source, is that all ships rise in a high tide. Open sourcing the firmware for our DuckLink devices, some people might think, oh, you're you're giving away your IP or what makes you special or how you're building your business model. And we we really don't see it that way. We think um, not only can we empower many communities and solutions around the world and individual developers, but open sourcing also distributes a set of ideas, creativity, and engineering talent that our company would love to leverage as well. So it has this kind of double-edged benefit to getting our technology out to more places in the world, and as a result, having more people looking at it and developing with us. How have you gone about 
developing those communities. Because obviously open source is really not just about it being out there and it being free, but it's about having communities work together. Tell me how Project Owl has come along in that regard. Yeah, it, you know, as a developer, as a creative person, as someone who's done a lot of hackathons, uh, I, I truly love technology and I really live for this. But what's been so interesting despite that is I think the most fascinating part of this effort for me is the development of our open source community. It's a component of this effort that we did not really expect to happen. It's a component that has grown faster and larger than I ever could have imagined. And it's a component now that I see enormous potential for impact down the line if we continue developing this community. Um, when we won the call for code, we were originally five co-founders, both in Project Owl, the organization, but also cultivating the open source community. And it was um, myself and Tarakor Rahman and Nick Foyer in New York City, Magus Pereira in North Carolina, and Charlie Evans in Texas. In just over a year since, we've grown that community to almost 350 people across 18 time zones on six continents. And some of the most fascinating individuals, ideas, and efforts come from people that I never would have otherwise been able to meet. There's this one guy in particular, Vikas Singh, who comes to mind. He's from India. He's never been to the United States. I'm from the United States. I've never been to India. We've probably never come within 5,000 miles of each other. But he saw a YouTube video about Project Owl, jumped into our Slack, and we communicate consistently now. He's even developed solutions that I don't think anyone else in our open source community or even our founding team could accomplish. And, and these are the types of relationships and community that I think is so incredible that, you know, for me personally, I was born in this time, in this world, and, and with an interest in this industry because I think that experience is something that was never able to previously exist and is, is so unique and powerful and open source. And that's really the, the community we want to cultivate. And we're doing that through all of our outward-facing content, YouTube videos, documentation, um, certainly our Slack channel, which we keep active and engaged to really continue to build out this community and find those individual developers around the world who want to make an impact. And even if you're not a developer, just creatives and, and folks who are interested in this mission and in technology that can make an impact. We want to we want to speak with them, build a community and share ideas to see how again all ships can rise in a high tide. That's what we're all about. Up front, was there anything that you did specifically to develop and grow a community or did in your case it just sort of happen? The answer to your first question is yes. There are things we did, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I I've built a few software products myself in the past. Sometimes it's hard to say exactly why some things just click. And it certainly feels like even though there are some strategies we took, and I'll dive into at least one or a couple of them, I've genuinely been surprised that, you know, I get a notification every time someone joins our Slack channel and I just keep getting these pings. You know, there's a part in the back of my mind thinking like, oh, this people will stop taking an interest sometime, right? It's kind of how things feel uh, when you're just getting them started. But um, it, I would say specific courses of action we took from, from day one, we had an open Slack channel. And anyone from anywhere, yourself, folks listening to this, they can pop onto a link on our website and join our Slack. 
and you can poke into active conversations, talk with people on the team, collaborate with others from around the world. So having that openness, I think, was a core component of showing people that we were interested in building this open source community. And then the other piece is just making sure folks from around the world have the, uh, how do I say, mental ammunition or engineering or design ammunition from the organization Project OWL to be effective. So we try to put as much information as we can, how to build with our devices, how to use our technology, how to develop on the firmware and kind of more general videos on how it all works together such that anyone who wants to join in doesn't feel like they, they have to climb some overly ambitious technical mountain that we try to provide everything you need to be effective, to be able to jump in and make an impact from day one. That's a good segue to maybe explaining a little more about what the project is and what type of work is available, needed, etc. on the open source. So our solution is a hybrid hardware and software solution. We make these little devices we call duck links or ducks. And we can drop them in networked clusters in remote environments that, of course, we then call the cluster duck network. Um, these are simple devices, IoT devices. We load them up with firmware through the Arduino environment, um, very common operating environment for IoT developers. Um, they're cheap. We buy boards from China, but you can buy a whole variety of boards that can load and run our firmware. Um, it leverages... LoRa radio, 915 megahertz in the United States, and uh, you know, simple rechargeable batteries. Cheap, easy to make, easy to use. And the open source component of our technology is really focused on that firmware. Uh, those ducks, once they're on the ground, the data and activity on that network also flows up to a cloud software system we call the OWL Data Management System, or DMS. And this is a place where our customers, clients, and partners of Project OWL can observe and manage their data. You know, you can maybe imagine if there's a disaster in Puerto Rico and folks are communicating on the network, uh, communicating needs, trying to organize a response. Folks, even as far as away as Washington, D.C. at FEMA headquarters might be able to observe some of that data and coordinate a more effective response using the OWL DMS. We're really focused on open sourcing the hardware component of this, our firmware, which we call the ClusterDoc protocol. This firmware is a code base that you can load up onto an IoT device and it will turn it into a duck, which is a mesh network node of sorts. That gives you a couple things that we think is great if there's a firmware out there that can accomplish this. So not every developer in the world has to go and develop their own idiosyncratic mesh node firmware. We kinda, we, we've developed this base, this fundamental atomic core, if you will, and our hope is by giving that to developers all around the world, we can inspire uh, uh, many more projects than we've even thought. Um, we at Project Owl have developed a lot of variants from space ducks to duck ducks to cluster flocks to solar ducks, porta ducks, many others, disco ducks. But we think there's a whole lot more ducks that can be developed in the world. And we want all these developers, the creative folks on couches from Brooklyn to India to be able to iterate, ideate, and develop new ducks on top of this technology. So the, would these be like different sensors, different purposes? What would these new uh, open source ducks look like? 
Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. So the the ClusterDuck protocol is kind of that fundamental core that turns an IoT device into a, a wireless network node that's ready to be layered with sensors and other things. So it gets you know a, a significant proportion of that work done and out of the way, the, the most complicated and frustrating part of development, and leaves you to decide, you know, if I want to make a new duck that let's say we're gonna put in the Arctic, we wanna measure water salinity, light exposure, and temperature, we can create a new variant of this duck that has all the networking and wireless connectivity and compatibility already built in. And then all we would need to do to turn this into a real project is build in the kind of specific implementations of certain sensors for this environment and this application we're going into. What are the specific advantages of joining the Linux Foundation? There are numerous of them, in fact, and I'm so excited to be able to do this. Um, I think from the beginning of Project OWL, we never thought we'd be releasing a project under the Linux Foundation, especially if you've ever developed technology, you you know where all the skeletons are hidden early on, and, and there was a lot of raw tech that we had to flesh out to get to this stage. But as we're developing open source, you know, we... This is a place I've never been before, maintaining a large-scale open-source project. It's a place where none of the other co-founders have really been before. So it's quite helpful to have an organization like the Linux Foundation who's been here, who knows what's going on and has seen projects mature and, and knows how to maintain them for success in the future. Having that partnership is critical for us to not make any glaring mistakes and continue to develop and cultivate a community that others can take part in and grow and iterate with. And, and it's something that um, Project Owl is very eager to support. But having, having the, uh, uh, the support and the partnership with an organization like Linux Foundation just really gives us confidence that this, this is set up for success in the long term. What are, what are your next goals for this project? So Project Owl is, uh, as an organization, is very concerned about sustainability and health. And Project Owl needs to become a healthy company. So on our organizational side, we're very interested in continuing to develop the business model, um, finding ways we can continue to grow Project Owl such that we can support our mission of providing the technology to the people, places, and things that need it most for a long time to come. Um, Ultimately, that means developing business relationships with the U.S. government, organizations like FEMA and the Department of Defense, as well as with the private sector and the NGO communities from the Red Cross to Mercy Corps to other folks in that, in that um, environment. So from our end, we're, we're really excited to continue developing the technology and finding new partners to work with and new outlets for this technology. Um, and then more on the, the, the tech side itself, I'm very intrigued to see what kind of ducks we come up with in the future. And once we officially open source this platform. I just, the, the amount of creativity and ingenuity from the community is absolutely incredible. And um, as you may be able to tell, we have a lot of fun with our puns and our nomenclature here. So I, I, I'm just looking forward to see what kind of ideas other folks from around the world come up with. And, and then of course, what they're going to name it. That might be the most exciting part of it all. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Innovate at Open. For future episodes, subscribe to Innovate at Open on your favorite podcast app. You can also go bitmason, B-I-T-M-A-S-O-N, 
www.blogspot.com for show notes, blogs, and a full archive of episodes and more. Thank you for listening. This is Gordon Half, Technology Evangelist at Red Hat. 